Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. And let's say together our scripture for 2016 is our theme scripture. Will you say it with me, please? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Are you in, guys? All right, let's go. God bless you. And have a seat. Hey, hey, City Life. Uh, we are still talking about us being five years old. And it really started, it was a small group of faith-filled people came together here in the heart of the city to simply be used by God, to build a new work that would bring Him honor and glory. And, and it was established with this dedication to generosity and worship. And, and uh, it's been wonderful. But today, I, you know, over the past few weeks, I've told you different elements of different angles of the story. And today I'm going to talk about, a little bit about my story. And uh, it's going to be just, just to kind of let you see where I've been uh, and how it all kind of really this and has all happened even in me and through me. Uh, really, it's just want to let you know right up front that I'm not special. I'm not unique. I'm just called, okay? And, and, uh, and like I've already preached, if you, if you truly want to be used by God, you need to, uh, to identify and, and jump into your calling and walk in your calling because God wants to do so much more in you and through you than you can even imagine. But back before I was even born, uh, this is a story I've never told to you guys, <clears throat> but God actually uniquely spoke to my parents through two different individuals uh, during my mom's pregnancy. It was back in uh, 1965, and, and uh, it was in Randall, Washington. And one was a minister who was preaching at my dad's church and who prophesied that God had his hand on this little unborn baby to do great exploits for God. And, uh, and that's actually kind of how it started. My parents knew something was unique and different about this fourth kid in their family and but what, what my parents did is they actually treasured the words that God gave to them and they held it in their hearts they didn't tell anybody uh, so quite often that's what God does and you'll hear that really through my story a lot quite often you, you 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 hear the words from God and you treasure them because you know God's up to something later God spoke to me in a dream as a small child in Montesano Washington in 1969 um, that's when I was actually taken from my bed. I, I remember it clearly today like it was just happened last night. But I remember leaving my bed and going into heaven and sitting on the lap of Jesus. And that's where Jesus called me to be a pastor. I've had people say, that never could have happened. Hey, it's my dream, not yours, okay? <laughs> you didn't have it. You get your own dreams, though. But even as a three-and-a-half-year-old, I, I didn't even tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone actually until I was 17. But what I did is I treasured and I pondered that dream in my heart. And that calling became my passion. It became my silent pursuit. In 1982, there was this time of confirmation and even defining. It was very interesting because my family was living in Harlingen, Texas at the time in South Texas. And my parents were attending a prayer conference at the Fort Worth Convention Center, just eight blocks from where we are sitting right now. And, and at that event, 
this woman just uh, began prophesying over my parents with uncanny details about the family. And so they're going, wow, uh, we don't know this person, but, but God is speaking to her like details about our family that no one would know. And then as she was speaking, she said, but there's one son who's actually going to bless many people and he's going to come to this city and bless many people. And they didn't tell anyone. In fact, the truth is, I personally never even knew that happened until two years ago. While I was attending college in 1985, um, God began to refine and even, even specify more of what God was going to do in my life. It was during a season of very intense spiritual advance for me, and, and, and God spoke to me in my dorm room <laughs> late at night while lying on the floor, and I was just down on the floor. I was, I was praying and crying out to God for my future, and, and so clearly I just, I just heard God whisper in the middle of my tears, that he was going to use me, but it was not going to, I was not going to actually operate in the same mold as the other ministers in training there at college that I was going to school with. And, and that God had something very unique for me to accomplish through church planting. And that was the first I'd heard, ever heard that from God. And I didn't tell anyone at that time. I treasured it in my heart. I mean, how do you tell your friends, my ministry is going to be different than yours, and I don't know what it is. So, huh, you know, I said, what do you do? 1992. Uh, while I was serving on staff as a staff pastor at a large church in Dallas County, there was this River City transformation calling that was specified. I guess God, God spoke to Rebecca and me through a very close friend who, who sat down at the table and pulled out a little piece of paper and drew a picture of a river that ran through the center of a city. And, and this friend invited us, had invited us over to the home to tell us that, said, I just feel like God wants you guys to know that God is going to, I mean, she said, Tim, God's going to give you the keys to unlock transformation in a very large city. And, and it's a city that has the, the, the river that runs through the heart of the city. And, and the ministry is going to happen at the heart of the city. And we didn't tell anyone. We treasure in our hearts. I mean, what do you do? It's like, first of all, part of it is like, well, that's just weird. <laughs> but, but we also knew that God's speaking there. 16 years after that, in 2008, my direction was made actually very clear from God. God spoke to me to resign the large church that I had pastored in Kansas City area and to take a faith journey south back to our home here in the Metroplex. And I felt God impressing me at that time. And it was, it was still vague, but there's a lot more clarity there that I would be leading something new and unique in the heart of a large southern city. So we left everything. And I'm telling you, we left everything that seemed secure. Preston, you remember. We left it all to act on this word from God to pursue the adventure ahead. Two years later, in 2010, City Life was discovered by us. I was told by a ministry friend of a building here in downtown Fort Worth and he had explained that many people had labored to remodel the facility and to establish a new church, but, but the church plant that was, that, was, that was happening had imploded and that the, uh, the church was closing and the building was going to be sold. Uh, nobody knew that except me. And, um, and basically, the, the folks who had labored for the prior two years, some of who are actually even here with us today, Little did they know that they had really planted a seed that needed to die in the soil only to sprout again and to bring new life in a new season. But I was informed that if, if I wanted to use this building to plant and establish a church in downtown Fort Worth, that the building would not be sold. But I was also told that I would be starting with practically nothing. There, were, there was no support. Basically, you have a building with a lot of bills and no people to pay the bills. <laughs> Gee, thanks. 
We prayed about it. Finally, a few months later, Rebecca and I chose to go ahead and walk into this wonderful facility and tears filled our eyes. And see, see, because buildings we've designed and built in the past in our ministry have actually have amazing similarities to the one you're sitting in. There are subtle details. In fact, there are some exact duplications of things in this building that we intentionally designed into our other buildings. I, I said, I feel like somebody hacked into my computer and looked at some of my design plans that I've had used on other buildings. See, nobody, you wouldn't notice the details. You wouldn't know what they are, but I know them. So we came in here and we felt like home and she cried and I cried and we sensed God's presence in this house. And we knew that the path was going to be challenging. It was going to be actually very, very difficult. And we, we, we knew that our family would have to sacrifice a lot. We would probably, as a family, have to sacrifice like we had never sacrificed before. And we did. But that didn't stop us because here's the deal. True adventure never has just a lack of significant challenges. It's always there. So we just obeyed God. 2011, we had our City Life Center grand opening. Sure, it was just all a bunch of friends and family that we said, everybody come as many as possible. But the truth is, we just had a very tiny, diverse, eclectic, very diverse, very, very, very eclectic group of folks who began to pour their hearts into this dream. We called on the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through us and to simply take what was here and to multiply it over and over and over. So now it's 2016. We're five years in. And since then, statistically and numerically, we've seen about a tenfold increase in every area in the church, in missions and in outreach and giving and attendance and salvations and in water baptisms and lives healed and relationships that are restored. In fact, there's been like a huge impact in community, just community impact, impact that literally cannot even be measured. I'm humbled this morning, even as I put something out through the city that the mayor picked up on and made it her statement for the day, word for word, exactly what I'd put out there. It's like, how, how, does, how do you get that kind of favor? But God does it. Now, imagine with me that if God can bring a simple tenfold increase over the past five years, could God bring a fivefold or a 5x increase over the next two years? I want you to think about really how many lost people might come to Christ. I want you to consider how many people might be baptized in water. Think about a five-fold increase of how we could impact our local community because I believe that's what God does. You see, God is not a status quo kind of a God. And again, let me tell you guys, if you're looking for a pastor who likes to sit around and sip lattes and let life happen and have happy little church services and preach homilies and feel good about ourselves because we, are, and we, we get to smell coffee when we go to church, hey guys, let me tell you, I'm not that guy. <laughs> and I've never been that guy. Some people have wanted me to be that kind of a guy, but I can't. It doesn't even work with me. Why? It's just because it's I'm called. You heard my story. I'm called and... and, and that's me. So I think I don't mind being bold. I don't mind speaking truth. You know, on the other hand, I don't mind speaking grace. In fact, God is, one of the things God has done with me over these past few years is to, to work and speak and operate in much, much more grace than I'm even comfortable with, with releasing. And now we're five, and I'm excited about the adventure that's ahead. Yeah. There's actually a lot in that number five. And, and if you're a part of city life, listen to me, what happens corporately, what happens corporately actually impacts your life personally. 
Let me say it again. What happens corporately impacts your life personally. That's the power of a family of God, of a local church. See, it's because we are the church of the living God as a whole, but what God does in this house, God does in your house. See, five is an important number for us at this juncture. Uh, searching the scriptures, I've learned a lot of things, and, and quickly, one of the things I've learned is that five is the biblical number for full creative function. Uh, see, see the num- this number has been important since the very beginning when man was created. We, we have five fingers, we have five toes, we have five senses, and that, that gives us full creative function function and and even as a church i believe that where we are right now we're actually able to finally work in our full creative function as a church five is also the number of grace the the, this is there the christians through the centuries have said there are the five great mysteries which is the father the son holy spirit creation and redemption these are mysteries but every one of these mysteries embody grace which is something none of us deserve. It's something that none of us can earn. It's simply God's gift. And this church, my friend, is a mystery of grace also. Because we're a church that's bathed in grace and we're a, we're a mysterious church of grace, we have to be a dispenser of that same grace. Let a lot of that out of us. Five is also the biblical number for divine power. See, David went out and he got five stones when he went out to face Goliath. And, and Goliath got, got that first stone, but Goliath also had four brothers. They were giants also, and they were slain. See, only God could use a single stone to defeat that giant, that, that dark obstacle, that threat. And only God can use something small to defeat the huge dark obstacles and threats in your life. In fact, his divine power is what has caused the 10x growth in this church over the past five years. Five is also the biblical number of balance. God, God, God commanded certain details of balance, and this is important in his design. See, he directed Moses uh, to, to give the Ten Commandments, but he made it clear, I want five and five on each tablet. He could have done it one, but no, God wanted it in fives. He put five lampstands on each side of the tabernacle on uh, five, uh, five tables on each side of the, of the tabernacle. There were five cleansing stations on each side of the tabernacle. There were Every place where there were curtains, the curtains had to be joined together in units of five all around the tabernacle. God even prescribed five cubits of depth in the pathways, in the gateways as people came through. And I'm delighted that we are also a church of balance. Five is also the biblical number for stewardship. Jesus uses the number five to talk about stewardship over and over, about whatever is placed in your hands, you're supposed to manage it, and you're supposed to grow it for him, such as Matthew 25 about the five bags of gold, or Luke 19 where the men are put in charge of five cities. See, when God gives you five, he expects you to be wise and to multiply the five. May we continue to be good stewards of everything God has given us. Five is also the biblical number for offerings and generosity. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little story today about the five gold tumors and the five gold rats. That's kind of weird, but, but they were given to God to break a curse because people misused his presence. And throughout the Old Testament, when there were requirements for offerings that were initiated, there was, it was like the five rams and the five male goats and the five male lambs that were sacrificed for the offerings. See, Jesus made it clear about generosity, that with generosity, there would be even be a greater return on your generosity and on your giving than what you even actually give. Jesus said it this way. He said it here, Luke 6, 38. He said, 
Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. <laughs> For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Have you ever gotten one of those big, big, uh, big drinks from a from a, a place that you know, like a, whether it's a Starbucks or or a, or a McDonald's? Hopefully, you know, hopefully you're not drinking that stuff. But but you you know you've you've done it before. Let's just admit it. You guys have gotten drinks at those places, and and you get the drink, and they put it in, in the lap in your lap, and it's too full, and all of a sudden it just starts overflowing in your lap. Now what happens to you? You, you know, well, you just you get upset. You get some of you, you know, you're gonna throw it back at the person, which you never should do. But but the truth is, that's every, the next time that overflows in your lap, let it be a reminder that that's what God wants to do to you when you give. See, generosity is actually central to seeing our faith released. And So here, here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to dream with me. What might it look like in your life if you had a five-fold increase in your impact? What if, what if you could multiply your current level times five? I mean, do you want to be a 5x person? Because I do. I mean, what would a 5x of your full creative potential look like? What would 5x grace look like in your life? What would 5x uh, divine power, how would that manifest itself in your life? What would 5x balance look like in your life? What would 5x stewardship and generosity look like in your life? What about even about 5x worship? I mean, these words are written in the scriptures five times. It says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. See, this is where you tell your soul, I want to bless the Lord. And it's there five times. And, it's, and that simply means this. It means that you're taking charge of your will and you're putting God first regardless of how you feel. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. See, 5X faith is, is launched through worship of God and the stewardship of what He gives us. It always works that way. And then there, there are a lot of things, even though, that, that I want in life, right? I mean, you, we, we all have things we want in life. And, and I, sometimes I do make lists. I mean, literal written lists. And, 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 and I do that because they're things that I would like from God. And, but I've learned a long time ago that there's a certain way to obtaining that, not just to simply beg for the stuff, but it's what Jesus told us. He said, do this. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Go there first, and then God will take care of all these other things. Some people think that Coming to church is all about hearing a motivational message. You're going to get some good life skills. You're going to get a nice little quick training tip, and you're going to get two or three good tips that you can take and use during the week, and it will, and that's good. I'm, I'm fine for that to happen. But, but the truth is, some also feel that, well, the worship part and, and the giving part, well, I don't really get into that part. I'm just here to take the word, and that's it. Well, please understand. I said this with a big, big smile. Without the worship and singing to God, and without the singing and the giving time to God, what we're actually doing is we're making church all about us. And God has never, in the Bible, ever honored that approach to his presence. You see, this gathering is about seeking Jesus. That's why I just wanted us to breathe that name Jesus today. And, and him and his ways first. That's why I will never stop encouraging you to worship God. I, guys, don't ever miss that part of the service. I will never, never stop encouraging you to be generous. Don't skip that part of the service. Because those components put God into the equation. 
And then when the victory occurs and when the 5X growth occurs for you, God will get the credit and not you. See, that's, that's been the story of our church. Uh, that's also been the story of my life, and I really want it to be the story of your life. And for the future 5X expansion that God is going to do in your life, that's what I'm believing for. I've been praying about this for weeks and weeks, and I'm thrilled that, that I get to share this with you now. You see, in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 6 and 7, and you, you can read this later, but there's a story. And that the, the evil Philistines were oppressing God's people. In fact, they had what was called the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, and you've seen Indiana Jones and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a little, quite a bit exaggerated. But, but the, the Ark of the Covenant carried the literal presence of God. But these guys thought it was like this magic relic that would help them in battles. But because they tried to misuse the presence of God... Horrible things happened to them and actually became a curse rather than a blessing. And tumors erupted on their bodies and rats infested their homes. Back to the tumors and the rats. So, so what they did is they, they returned the Ark of the Covenant to God's people with these lavish gifts of gold, which were the bizarre five gold tumors and the five gold rats. But, but what they did with that is that was their way of just, just giving, being generous. And then they began to offer sacrifices and they began to worship. In other words, they gave generous offerings and they worshiped God in hopes that the curse would be broken over them for misusing God's presence. And it happened. They put the ark and the gold under this cart and they attached it to the oxen and they sent it on its way and it crossed over the border into Israel and they were jubilant and they were offering sacrifices and that curse was broken over them. But once the Ark of the Covenant was back in Israel, then some people were like, hey, this is kind of cool here. They were kind of hanging out around God's presence. Like, well, let's peek inside and see what's happening. Seventy people were, were killed at that moment, and it was a tragedy. And so a lot of people backed off and said, well, we don't want to mess with this presence of God thing anymore. And so, so what they did is they called on the people in the next town. And they said, hey, people in the next town, you guys need to come and get this. And so they came and get it, saw God, saw, I'm sure, all the 70 dead people there. And then they just took this to a man's house by the name of Abinadad. But this man was a man of God, and he established it as a very sacred place. And, and he even appointed one of his sons to be the personal guardian of the presence of God. And, and he watched over it for 20 years. And during that time, God began to bless their home. And God began to bless his business immensely like no one else in the region. And it became obvious that the God's presence was doing something amazing. And so this caused the fear of God to begin to sweep over the whole nation. It took 20 years for this to build up. But people began coming back to God. And they began getting rid of their idols. And they, be, they just changed shows that, hey, we're going to serve God only. And, and the prophet Samuel came on the scene and he said, I'm going to call all of us together for a time of fasting and prayer. And so they did. And they, they called this big worship and prayer gathering and time of giving thanks to God and sacrificing to God. But the enemy also heard that they were going to have a gathering. And so, so they came up to sneak up and attack them. But, but even though God's people knew that the enemy was coming, they continued with their prayer meeting. They continued worshiping because they believed this and they believed rightly that God would honor their faith, honor their worship, and honor their sacrifices, and God would deliver them. So what happened? God sends this crazy, massive, incredible thunderstorm. And I bet it was a Texas-style thunderstorm, and it threw the enemy into panic. And, 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 then, and then God's people jumped into battle, and they pursued them, and they drove them out, and they slaughtered them. <laughs> kind of crazy, but it happens. You see? But that's what I believe God wants to do in your life. 
You, you really do want to walk in God's exponential blessing, don't you? You really do want to live out your calling, don't you? You really do want to move beyond the ordinary, don't you? But I'm telling you, friends, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. There are some basic 5X lessons from this story. I'm going to hit them rapid fire. Here's 5X lesson number one. God is not your genie. <laughs> Don't try to use God to get. Because if you're serious about 5X faith, you've got to have that settled first. It didn't work for the Philistines. It won't work for you. Second lesson, second 5X lesson is this, is there's a right way to approach God. See, when you approach God with generosity and with worship and these fivefold gifts of gold and sacrifices, what happened was the curse was broken. And, and some were, were not generous or they were worshipful and they were actually careless and they were reckless. And, and then what happened is, is they, they were looking into this coolness of the ark and, and 70 people ended up dead because there's a right way to approach God with 5X faith. 5X lesson number three is this, is a faith-filled obedience gets God's attention. Because when we do what God tells us to do, getting rid of our idols and prayer and fasting and seeking God, worship and generosity, God stops and goes, hey, wait a minute, that just got my attention. <laughs> 5X lesson number four is this, aggressive worship poises us for action. See, when the enemy was coming against them, when things looked tough, they amped up their worship. Actually, what they did is they prayed louder, and they sang harder and louder, and, and God then turned the tables. 5X lesson number five is this, is do what you do best. Some people prayed. Some people fought. God works miracles, but he works miracles when, we are, when we're actually doing what we're designed to do, and we do it with all of our hearts. So he really, a huge part of this 5X faith is this, is to be sure that God gets the credit for every advance. And I want you to glance back like I did this morning and thank God for past miracles. I want you to begin to thank God and give God some credit for the good even before you see the miracles that you're believing for. And remember this, who helps us? The Lord. In fact, with City Life, the Lord has helped us do this. This is the Lord's worth. God brought 10x growth in five years. In the story that I just told you from 1 Samuel, after the victory, it says in 1 Samuel 7, 12, it says Samuel then took a stone. And I'm sure it wasn't just a little stone. It had been a big stone. I, I, I have to think it was a boulder. And he set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and that's the place where the battle happened. And he named it Ebenezer. Not Ebenezer Scrooge, but Ebenezer. I always thought that was a weird, you know, name. And, and like, but, but, but really what, what it means is this, is thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far the Lord has helped us. Will you say those words with me? Come on, say it. Thus far the Lord has helped. Come on, say it again. Thus far the Lord has helped us. Say it over your church. Thus far the Lord has. Say it over your family. Thus far the Lord has helped. And over your personal life, thus far the Lord has helped me. Come on, admit it. Come on, say it with me. Thus far the Lord has helped. Now, you whispered that one, but you need to be a little more bold. Do you need God's help? Some of you are wondering, I don't know. You do. Trust me. Come on, say it with me. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. See, and, and then what, what God does for the house, God does in you. 
I mean, God has brought us through 2011 to 2016 and has given us this 10x growth. And, but I'm believing that God can and will bring 5x growth over the next two years in 2017 and 2018. I know that 2017 is only three months away, but now's the time. Now's the time when we begin to plant the seeds of faith and dream. We begin to proactively believe for the miracles. Now, today, I felt in my heart strongly that today was the day for us to position ourselves for miracle. I had a guest speaker plan for today, and I, I said, you're not coming to speak at our church. Guest speaker said, okay, did I do something wrong? He's like, no, God has something he wants to do, and, and this is the day, and I feel like I have to do it on this day. I have to say this today. See, God is not, and God, God is not going to abandon you in 2017 and 2018, regardless of how crazy things might get, or regardless of who you were in your past, or, or how, what's happened in your past. See, no matter what 2017 and 2018 holds, God will continue to help you because of what's happening in the house. There's this most quoted scripture that's out there which says, God helps those who help themselves. Have you ever heard of that scripture? Well, that's, that's actually, it's a non-scripture. That's, that's why it's listed that way. It doesn't exist. Here's the truth. God helps those who are dependent upon him and who take steps of faith. Dependence upon the Lord is what really matters. See, a church plant in downtown Fort Worth is not a venture to take lightly, nor is it any downtown area of America's large cities. But God has been with us thus for thus see thus far the lord has helped us come on say it with me thus far the lord has and i believe he's going to continue to help us and we're because we're worshipers and we're generous people keeping our eyes on jesus and giving god the credit for every single advance and every victory the lord has helped us because of our faith not our intellect but our faith because we're not that smart faith that was planted through our worship and our generosity and, and the lord will help us as we have that faith continuously and i believe that, that that he wants to continue to help you as you have faith in jesus as you keep your eyes on jesus as you're a worshiper of jesus as you're as you're a person of generosity the lord has helped you and the lord will help you for some of you that's big right now he has helped you and he will help you and as part of this 5x challenge i'm going to be challenging all of you in the next several weeks to sow a 5x financial seed. And, and this is the intersection of faith and finances, and it creates huge opportunity for us to grow. Now I want to throw this out there, because this is really important. I need you to hear me. In the past five years, and no church even does this, but I felt impressed by God to do this, but in the past five years, I have not led any significant giving campaign in our church. Churches don't do that, except for one brief for the children campaign. But I did this for several reasons because I knew it was going to be a harder route, but I felt it was the right route to take. First of all, City Life had no track record. I had a track record. Our supporting ministries had a track record, but we didn't. Therefore, I felt it was right to wait until the track record was established before I began to ask people to give toward the mission of their church. I also refused since day one to make money a central feature of our ministry. Yes, it does take dollars for the ministry to exist and to operate. That's why I decided to personally sow into the ministry first. And then what I went, did is I went to the people who knew me and who knew my track record and to my friends outside of City Life, and I asked them to sow into this ministry so it would be established. And because of their faithfulness, we never lost this building. But we're, see, we're gaining maturity now. 
With the help of God, we've done what no other church has accomplished in the 76102 zip code downtown over the past 70 to 75 years because we own property. Even though we still owe against it, we also have significant influence in our city and we're not going away. I also wanted to wait until City Life had a core, very dedicated, sincere partners, some people who we have walked together through some fire and some water, and we've shed some tears together, and we've been through some tough times and huge victories together, who would be able to stand and say, I understand and I know the validity of this ministry, and I also understand the massive potential of this ministry. You see, this 5X faith campaign, what it's going to actually do is it's going to help to create a foundation for our church. Not a money foundation, but a foundation that you grow on. It will launch our ministry to new heights. Downtown, there's a few, there's a huge new tower going in, and I love going over there to watch it be built. And the foundation is deep in the ground. I don't want to fall off the edge into the big giant hole. That's what God is doing here. It was very clear to me from day one that God was going to build a deep foundation because what God was going to do here was it was going to go like this instead of like this. We would be a church that would, be, that would have height and, and, and we, would, we would have a different type of significance than most churches that go broad and do a lot of things. Actually, what we've done is we've set a, a goal of 50,000 to be sown in our ministry over the next several weeks. And this is above our ties and it's to invest in three different investments. One is to reduce our real estate debt by making principal payments, by investing in and growing our missions ministry both locally and internationally, by investing in locally vetted compassion ministries that are touching the hurting of our city. See, investing in these three things helps us to create this foundation that I believe City Life can have massive ministry built upon. And I have a dream that God will do things far beyond our ability to comprehend because I dream that thousands of people will be worshiping Jesus in the heart of our city one day. I have this dream that this church will impact local culture in a way that causes a river of life to flow out of our city and into the suburbs and throughout our state and nation and even the world. See, Fort Worth is a city that America has its eyes on. In fact, in a meeting this last week, Mayor was saying that in almost every one of the list of thriving cities, Fort Worth tends to be in the top five or ten. We're number one in many areas, and we're actually the fastest growing large city in America, and we have been for the past ten years. We're a city that has great influence because we have a very progressive approach to dealing with the issues that many, in fact most cities, have failed in. God planted us, City Life Center, in the heart of this wonderful city to make a difference. And that's our calling. And thus far, five years, the Lord has helped us. Also, in the next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to begin to dream and pray about what two or three 5X faith prayers will be yours for your life, personally or for your family. I'm going to ask you in the next few weeks to begin to share them with me. Right now, I'm asking you just to simply pray. I'm going to be sharing my own personal 5X faith prayers in the next few weeks. And uh, we, we have also established three 5X faith prayers for our church. And, and basically it's this. We're praying that God will cause our church to grow 5X five times. Hey, we've grown 10 times over the past five years. I don't believe it's too much to ask God to cause us to grow five times over the next two years. That means that, that City Life will become the home to many people 
who are broken and they're hurting and they've also been shunned by other churches here in our city or people who have discovered faith in Jesus and they're coming out of a very dark past. See, 5X growth for city life means that we'd have a 1,000 people in our weekend services. This means that we would then be well poised to purchase additional property here downtown and grow our seating capacity so that we continue to reach out to more people. My second prayer is this, is that City Life will grow five times in our outreach capacity. In fact, you can even attach, attach uh, dollars to that because my, my, my prayer is that by the year, by the budget year 2019, which will be etched out exactly two years from now, our budgeted dollars for outreach and missions will actually grow five times from where we are. My final 5X prayer for City Life, and this is the most important, is that, is that we will see a five times increase, a five-fold increase in salvation responses and water baptisms in our church by the end of 2018. And this simply means that more people are being plucked out of hell and they're setting their feet on this destination toward heaven. In fact, I've asked our staff to begin praying about personal 5X faith prayers and departmental 5X goals, but they're not really goals. They're, they're really faith visions. So... Soon you'll share with me how I can join my faith with you to pray for 5X growth in maybe just two or three specific areas in your life that can be accomplished by the end of 2018. Here's the prayer I want you to pray. It's this, God, help me envision my 5X miracle. That's where I'm asking you to start right now. Some of you, you're, you're getting it even now because you can take something and multiply it times five and you know that's the right thing and you also know that you can't accomplish it if God doesn't help you, then it's right. Will you pray that prayer with me just out loud? Come on, just look at the screens. Pray it with me. God, help me envision my 5X. Mary, come on, say it again. God, help me envision my 5X. I want you to consider two or three areas of your life where you can believe God for 5X increase over the next two years. Early this morning, sitting in my office, my administrative office, I, before the sun rose, my friend, uh, Rabbi Andrew Bloom, Rabbi of a very large synagogue here in the city, he sent me, as well as City Life, a blessing over text. He said he wanted to get it to me before the sun rose. It was a blessing. It's very significant for the Jewish people when the sun rises and sets, and I respect that. And he, he reminded me that today was Rosh Hashanah which is the Jewish year, New Year as established by Moses. I'm just a dumb Gentile. I miss those things sometimes. <laughs> but he said to me, today begins the year 5777. The number 5 followed by three sevens. Seven is the God's perfect number, the number of God, but it's repeated three times like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I mean, I saw it immediately. And it's no accident, I believe, that we start our faith camp, 5X faith campaign today on the year 5777 as, as Moses established it years ago. Now I know why I told the guest, you can't preach on this day. Sometimes we do crazy things and we don't even understand the significance until God reveals it at the last minute. But guys, that's faith. God, God, God wants to do some huge things in you and through you and in this church and through this church. I'm asking you to go on a journey with me. Five acts in your life. What does it look like? What does it look like? Because God doesn't want to leave you where you are. Jesus. 
Jesus, I just pray a blessing over this flock, city life. Pray your blessing over the ministry of city life and over the homes and the families of everyone who's here. And I ask you, God, that you will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or even imagine according to the power that resides within us. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, move in our church and in our lives. Let us be a tenacious people who are going to stop at nothing to see the adventure ahead conquered. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.